You're listening to Not Your Average CEO Lifeline with your hosts, Danielle Cuomo, CEO, and Nicole Galicchio, LCOO. We are here to provide you with a vital lifeline to executive advice that you've never heard before. We have the resources and the tactics to help you reach the next level. Whether you are just starting out or you've been in business for decades, listen in for exclusive tips and content to meet your needs. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average CEO Lifeline. Today, we are talking about all things customer service. We have special guests with us, Stephanie Jones from Ruby Receptionists. Welcome, Stephanie. We are excited to hear your expertise on all things customer connections. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and about Ruby? I would be happy to. So my name is Stephanie Jones. I am manager of partnerships with Ruby. I have been in the partnership realm for over three years now. And my background came from a really interesting avenue. Seven years ago, I was in veterinary school and I eventually left that to work for a small startup company that offered live chat services. I was the third employee of that company, and over the course of three years, we grew to over 150 employees, and Ruby acquired that business in 2019, and it's just been a happy marriage ever since then. For anyone who's not so familiar with Ruby, we offer live virtual and live chat solutions for small businesses across the nation. All of our representatives are live. All representatives are based in the United States. Uh, This is really a passion conversation of mine because I was our very first chat specialist. And our goal and our mission is to sound in-house and really provide small business owners with an opportunity to sound larger than what they are and be available so that they can remain competitive in the industry. That is very interesting that you started in veterinarian school, (laughs) Um, but uh, I'm glad you are where you are today. Um, So talking about customer expectations, let's dive right in. And can you talk to our listeners about how you recognize and understand changing customer expectations? Absolutely. I think it starts with the most innocent of intentions and really being invested in what your customers are wanting. And it can be as simple as going through customer feedback avenues. If you have feedback surveys that you send to your customers or they're included in your email campaigns occasionally where you're asking people for feedback or you are reviewing your online reviews, Paying attention is really as innocent as it starts. And then you really need to start to hone in on what that feedback is saying. And if the feedback isn't coming directly from the mouth of your customer, then looking at your industry and what what common threads you are seeing with people who are offering services similar to your own. And I think this is becoming more and more prevalent of a conversation because customer acquisition is getting to be a little bit more difficult. The paid media rules and algorithms are constantly changing. They're getting to be more expensive. Uh, Mm -hmm. Demographics are shifting because younger generations are taking on far more purchasing power. So there's a change in what 
customers are expecting, even whenever it comes to personalized experiences, what sort of ads you should be placing and how they can speak to specific types of customers. So I think, again, it just starts with something as innocent as being curious. And if a small business owner doesn't know exactly where to start, I think just some investigative journalism, going online and doing some searches for your industry and your demographic will give you a lot of insight into how you can start and um, keep it as simple as possible while you're really learning what is needed for your business. So for those who may be thinking, how often should I be checking for feedback? What would you mm -hmm. say to them? Oh gosh, I think as frequently as possible, especially whenever you might be testing out a new version of your website or offering a brand new service or expanding your uh, services to a larger demographic, these are when you really want to be paying attention to feedback. You want to be looking at which ads people are drawn to the most of those ads. What do your demographics look like? What is the click-through rate? What's really engaging people? Um, again, with everything shifting and us seeing really uh, a time frame where people are less likely to fall into specific trends because trends are adapting so quickly. It really does take a keen eye to stay on top of that. Um, and again, through customer feedback avenues, reviewing uh, feedback that's coming through, if you're gauging through NPS scores, whatever the case may be, I think there is a lot of value to be seen in just having a attempt check on that monthly, if not more frequently. Thank you for putting kind of a quantifiable number to it. I know that, you know, some people may think, well, do I check it annually? Do I just mm -hmm. check it when I make changes? So, so thank you for giving them that, that tip. What customer engagement tactics and adjusting to customer communication style tips do you have for our listeners? Mm -hmm. My favorite is always going to fall into. <laughs> this is sorry. This is my favorite topic to talk about. I love communication style. <laughs> sorry. No, I do too. I do too. Um, and what's interesting is the more that I engage with small business owners, the more I hear that this is where trepidation really starts to creep in because they love what they do, but talking and engaging with customers isn't always their favorite task. So if mm -hmm. this sounds familiar, please perk up and listen to this section. Uh, it can be very easy to connect with some customers, but certain personality types just might not be a perfect fit for you. But with some concerted effort, you can really turn conversations that you feel are a little more difficult or you might feel a little out of depth into really good ones whenever you break it down to the basics of good conversational skills, the ability to establish rapport. Uh, you're going to be fostering a sense of empathy or you're in this together. Whatever solution they need, you know, I have your back. We have a solution for you. And to build a common understanding of context. So helping your customer understand who you are, why you are speaking to one another and what you want to achieve. Really just learning how to set up a solid foundation of trust. And that will pave the way for openness and honesty. And once you get to that stage, customer engagement, once, once you're speaking with that customer becomes far simpler. And we do have very specific 
examples of communication styles that you can engage depending on the type of customer you do have. So if someone is a talker, don't be afraid to cut in and assert boundaries, but do so kindly. If you're talking to someone who's more of an intimidator, uh, they're they're focused on really showing you that they know more about your business than you do, then identify the customer for who they are to yourself. Don't say, I know you're an intimidator. Uh, <laughs> no, no, don't do that. <laughs> but remaining calm and, and really holding your ground because you know your business. Just practice active listening, but be firm and understanding where the firm portion comes in, just be clear about what you can and what you cannot do for them because honesty will cultivate respect. Uh, and if you're dealing with someone who's just trying to vent, understand the why behind the anger. The venting is different than someone trying to be an intimidator. They have a reason for wanting to speak to you. And it also is a fantastic way to identify pain points in your business's services or your product journey. So if you can see them as that and listen, you're going to make your business even better. It's just a process of active listening and knowing how you can provide assistance that this particular caller needs. And um, if you're dealing with a confused customer, just be very clear and drive the solution agenda. There might be a myriad of questions that they are just throwing at you, but in these circumstances, confused customers can also provide you with a lot of really beneficial insight into your blind spots. So pay attention to them. When we're talking about customer engagement tactics and how you can recognize and understand customer expectations, a lot of it can come down to listening and uh, truly gleaning what your callers or what your customers are saying to you through social media, through uh, the an email, through uh, direct messages, whatever the case may be, you're going to be able to pull insight to, from your business, from all of that. And especially those pleasant customers, if they are talkative and they are really impressed with you, give those customers the attention that they deserve. And then always, it's always beneficial to direct them to how they can leave a review for you because more than likely they will be inclined to do so. And you really want to capture those good intentions while the customer is just gushing to you. As an executive, we know that it can be difficult to manage your work-life balance, find time to tackle all the items on that to-do list, or determine next steps to bring your business to the next level. Virtual Assist USA is your solution. Whether you need someone to help you with those daily tasks, or you would like to speak to someone about strategies for the next steps for your business, we are here to help. Find us today at www.virtualassistusa.com to find out what else we can do for you. That was a lot of fantastic advice. I yeah, hope that, that our great. listeners had <laughs> a pen and paper or are taking notes or re-listening because um, Stephanie went through each scenario, I think, I, I know there are branches off, but that was, um, that was truly wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And I, <laughs> I honestly had to pull the reins in because this is, this is our passion. We talk to customers yeah. all day long and I really had to rein it in. I will say if 
folks are really invested in learning more about this particular topic, Ruby does have a fantastic blog about this. So if you uh, Google uh, customer engagement, Ruby, I'm sure that that's one of the top blogs that'll pop up for you. <laughs> yeah, that's and we'll have a sort in our show notes. Yes, yes, yes they'll be in the notes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, just switching gears a little bit because I can sense your passion for this and um, just really want to share share it with our, our listeners. But talking a little bit about meaningful connections and, mm-hmm. you know, how you build a meaningful connection versus just, you know, making a regular connection and, and what that distinction is. And I'd love to just hear your tips for that as well. Yeah. And I think we, we've touched on it lightly so far, just in the fact that customers are expecting more personalization when they're engaging with businesses now. So for business owners, what does that look like? And I think you really do want to take a step back and broad view, look at your customer journey, because that's, that connection is built before they ever talk directly to you through what they're seeing online, through how you respond to people for leaving reviews or leaving um, a comment on social media. It's really your entire customer journey that's going to make an impact. So what I like to recommend is take a step back and walk through your customer journey and figure out where there might be holes, where are people consistently getting caught up and how can you make that journey simpler? Or at the very least, if they're consistently running into something that is throwing them for a loop, at that point, provide them with several ways to get in touch with you so that they can fill out a form, they can send you a direct message, they can click to call you immediately. That is how you really start the customer journey off strong. And from that point on, most of us have a general understanding of the sort of journey we want to give our customers once they once they actually connect with you. So they reach out and they express interest in your business. Most folks will have a sort of customer journey defined there. Uh, And ultimately, I still am a huge advocate for letting the customer know that they can engage with you as frequently as as they can. Uh, So whether that's through email and just setting expectations so that they know, hey, if you reach out via email, I'll get back to you within 48, uh, 48 hours or 48 business hours. If you give me a call, guess what? You're going to reach a live person no matter what, because we offer a live receptionist service and they'll be able to help you. So I think providing solutions for customers so that they, it takes the onus off of their shoulders. They know that they can get the solution they need or solve whatever problem they have relatively easy with you. So I think broad, broad view, that's, that's what my recommendation would be. And we can always go a bit more granular, but my, my general recommendation is look at your customer journey as a holistic solution for customer engagement. That's terrific. And I really like that you say to, to look at it, you know, as just one piece of, of a larger um, solution and, and strategy. I noticed, I've noticed this in, in my business and I believe um, Ruby was around um, in 2008 when I first started this business. And so I've mm-hmm. seen the, the terrific growth that Ruby has had. And we've been partners for a long time, affiliate partners. Um, what I've seen lately um, 
is that a lot more opportunities are happening over the phone. And I actually thought it would be different. I thought that, mm-hmm. um, you know, more opportunities as time went on would would happen more over email or even text messaging. So um, can you speak to that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. We have been monitoring this over the past few years because it directly impacts how our service operates. Uh, The more volume of calls that come through, the more impact to our customers. So we're always very interested in understanding what kind of calls are coming through to the business and how they're adjusting over time. And we also had this expectation that as new technology and new avenues for communication are introduced to small businesses, there could be a shift in what we see with our, our call trends. But it seems, oddly enough, that because of newer technology, the the new call volume is growing in spite of it. Uh, and I'm sure we all use Google. We use we read Yelp reviews, or influencers will put us on to something new that we're interested. But really, that can only go so far when earning a potential new customer's trust. Ultimately that live human connection is still craved. And I think we all experienced a drought of that going through the pandemic briefly and coming out of it. It's something that people really need to understand and how that can be um, a benefit for your business. Our call trend numbers show that the world is becoming more digital, but we've seen higher rates of new customers for businesses we represent come in over the phone. And more and more of these conversations are happening with first-time callers, which means that it's not just regular or long-term customers using the phone. And even from those metrics, what we've been able to determine is that small businesses are becoming more intelligent with how they communicate with potential new clients before they pick up the phone. So when people get to the point where they are ready to call, Often it's because they have found enough information online that has driven them to place a call to that business. So really it's thanks to intelligent small business owners really having smart ads that they have out or websites that are optimized and provide information to people who are searching for services or products like theirs before they want to to call. So we've seen nearly a 10% increase between 2019 and 2022 of calls comprising leads in most industries, which is just fascinating. Oh, that's that's awesome. I know Nicole and I both love numbers and statistics. So we love we that do. you used <laughs> that to share to share with. So along those same lines, um, when we're talking about phone calls being more prevalent. I think we've all experienced that robocalls and other sort of, you know, noise can take away from the legitimate business calls that are happening. Um, So do you have any tips to reduce those types of calls? Oh, absolutely. And this is another metric we really have been paying attention to. Through the uh, report that we ran last year on call trends, we thought that we might be seeing um, an end potentially to robocalls. But what we found is that they really came back for a vengeance last year. So if you have experienced a spike in these robocalls, you are not alone because they practically doubled from the end of 2021 to the end of 2022. And I know generally people can hear robocalls and they just blow it off like it's a pesky nuisance. But 
this is starting to become a problem for small businesses. The FCC estimated that it's costing U.S. businesses $3 billion per year in just wasted time. So these sorts of, and, and they can increase in um, security breaches, fraudulent calls. So, I mean, it's very, it's a very serious conversation and it represents a massive opportunity from um, a, a customer service perspective, because it's shown that frequent robocalls will make people less likely to answer calls from unknown numbers. And that unfortunately means that when someone calls you and you don't recognize the number and you're like, I hope that they leave a voicemail so I know what they need, or if this is another spam call, most people don't call back whenever they don't reach your business. Around 88% of people would not like to leave a voicemail if you don't answer the call. So there are effective methods in blocking robocalls. There are robocall technology blockers. We use it at Ruby to help our businesses avoid those distractions. But unfortunately, many businesses still don't take advantage of these sorts of solutions. Some industries are better at other in tackling the problem, but this is just is just so fascinating to me. Roughly one in four businesses are using robocall blocking technology. And whenever it is such a large concern for small business owners, I really hope to see this adopted as, as companies really pay attention to this trend. If they can take advantage of effective robocall filtering solutions, it can really help you to cut that noise out. Uh, there are simple smartphone-based apps and there are more advanced people-powered technology available to you. I think it just comes down to what your, what your preference is and what you can uh, dive into as quickly as possible. If you offer a customer communication solution, ask about this and see if it's a part of their technology um, as a part of their service. You'll have a lot of tools at your disposal. There's no reason to let robocalls come between you and your customers. That's terrific. Thank you for that. Um, just going back, I know that we talked about uh, Nicole and my love for, for numbers. And so, um, and I know you have a lot of interesting statistics. And so, how do you see that the changing phone trends are um, are pointing to shifts in customer sentiment and the expectations uh, around response time? Oh, gosh, yes. So the general shift in the demographic, most folks who are going to be a part of your active shoppers, they are going to have grown up in the age of technology. And I think with that comes an expectation of getting a response as quickly as possible. Ever since I've been working even in sales for, oh gosh, that was seven years ago, the the term that we've all become familiar with is speed to lead. And I think that that still remains extremely prevalent. And now it's understanding, okay, how do I expand speed to lead to every avenue that customers have to be um, engaging with my company through social media, through form fills, phone calls, emails, the speed to lead factor is very important. Um, most most people are expecting a response. I think it's something like 95% of people are expecting some sort of response back from your company within five minutes of putting a request out to your business. So we have not seen that, that metric get smaller in any capacity through the years. It has remained extremely consistent. 
which is why for small businesses in particular to remain competitive, this is a really valuable portion of your customer journey to pay attention to. How quickly are you responding to people? And this this spans from your customer service to your, your form fills for new leads to calls that are coming into your business and really determining what the value is to a ringing phone number or a form fill with someone interested in your, in your product or service and figuring out what you as a small business owner can offer as a solution, as a, as a way to capture that, that potential new customer as quickly as possible. It's so funny that you said the, that you brought up the response time. So we were just, Danielle and I were brainstorming this morning on an upcoming article. And one of the uh, bullet points that I had is weak response times flagging Mm -hmm. for, uh, you know, is this a spam company or not? And Mm -hmm. I think that the speed is really important at how you respond to your customers. And I just need you to circle back with the statistic about 88% of people won't leave a voicemail. Yes. I, I heard that right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's over, it's over 80% will not leave a voicemail if you don't pick up your phone. And I think that this is extremely prevalent for a reason. They have options. Your shoppers do not have to wait for any business to reach out to them because they can just continue down the line. Um, I'm sure we've all experienced that even with our own personal shopping. A few weeks ago, I was looking for a dentist and I called them and no one picked up because they were on a lunch break. And I, I was like, okay, well, there's a dentist that is closer to me. I called them, they picked up and I got scheduled. In this technology age, it is really that simple. And I used to use this example that, um, if if you're really familiar with people coming to your business because they've they've seen your billboard or whatever the case may be, it's not that world anymore. Your website is basically like your physical business and all of your competitors have set up shop right next to you. So if they knock on your door and you're not answering, they just have to do a couple of clicks to find another solution, another opportunity. And that's how quickly you can lose out on business. I agree. I definitely agree. I think Danielle and I see it regularly um, just in the the nature of the business we're in and talking to clients that are in every industry space. So thank you for bringing it to our listeners' attention. I hope that they are really, really honing in on um, their customer experiences and, and expectations. Mm-hmm. So of course, our podcast is titled Not Your Average CEO Lifeline. So as a business executive, what is the hardest struggle that you've had today? I loved this question. And I think, especially now, we're we're talking about a digital world and how it is changing. And I know that we all focus on our networks and making sure that we are connected to all the right people. But I think the hardest struggle right now is not necessarily networking, but building a community of people around you who understand your business, who understand your your individual challenges. And whether this community is made up of business owners who are similar to you in the sense that they work in the same industry, or it could be your your partners that you work with or vendors that you hire. 
finding a community that understands the value to supporting each other and providing insights that can help you all all do well and perform well because we've seen these past couple of years things have changed trends have changed drastically and i think that finding that community that works together to ultimately bring a stronger performance when we're looking at the the small business lifestyle that is tremendously valuable but it takes a lot of concerted effort of working through your network and consistently communicating with each other, consistently sharing and um, providing data, insight, information that will help us all perform well. I agree. I I definitely agree, Stephanie. Um, Our last question before we let you go for this season is going to be, can you explain to us what not your average CEO means to you? Yes, I think not your average CEO comes down to being a consummate student. You are always learning, always curious, investigating new strategies and tactics that can help you grow and succeed. The answer is not no. The answer is tell me more. Explain to me the value. I want to understand. That type of CEO. And I think we might even be seeing a shift in CEOs towards this being the average eventually where the average CEO is curious, which is what we want. Um, But I, I think that not your average CEO is just someone who is always ready to listen and learn and test and explore. I am a lifetime student, so that really resonates with me. And I agree. I think that there is definitely a shift over the past couple of years as to what the average CEO looks like. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing all of your customer service expertise and insight. It has been a true pleasure. Can you tell our audience Uh, even though we will put everything in the notes. Can you tell them where they can find more about you and more about Ruby? Yes, absolutely. If you would like to learn more about Ruby, you can always visit our website at ruby.com and you can reach out to our team at partners at ruby.com if you'd like to chat more about this this podcast or questions you might have about Ruby and our our customers and the, the trends and statistics that we like to follow. And if you'd like to give us a call, you can always do that as well. Um, And that number for anyone interested, it is 844-311-7829. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you all so much. This was so much fun. It was, it was wonderful. It was truly wonderful. You've been listening to Not Your Average CEO Lifeline with your host, Danielle Cuomo, CEO, and Nicole Glitchio, Ells, COO. This podcast has been sponsored by Virtual Assist USA. If you'd like to know more about the hosts or exploring virtual assistant services, visit virtualassistusa.com for more information.